Welcome to Where Wine Takes You. We are a wine podcast. Yes, we are a people podcast, and we are also a place podcast, and that place is Paso Robles Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Now, today, we're doing something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that is take a deep dive into one varietal. It's such a special varietal, also one that I think might sometimes not get the attention it deserves, but this weekend coming up in Paso Robles, it is certainly getting all that and more. I'm talking about Cab Franc. Cabernet Franc is the parent varietal to Cabernet Sauvignon, which is, of course, widely more popular, but it is being celebrated this weekend in Paso Robles with the second annual Cab Franc Day. We're gathering at Cass Winery. Um, just under two dozen producers are going to be out there pouring Cab Franc, but before we even get to the tasting... There is an educational component, a panel hosted by our friend Wes Hagen, who he was on the podcast, I want to say two or three episodes ago with Billy Grant. Fantastic episode. Wes is fantastic all the time. He not only will once again be leading the panel and a great group of guest speakers that are going to be on this panel, but he shared his notes with me ahead of that for today's podcast. So I am armed to the teeth with information all about Cab Franc. I'm looking forward to our conversation, too. We're going to talk to Nita and Kunal Mittal from LXV. They've been on the program before, and I love them both. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we are meeting Maeve Pescara, who I enjoy a ton, and it is her first time on the podcast, and she is from Dow Vineyards. And of course, I'm going to ask her all about how they were in the news recently, I hear. I'm excited to get right into the conversation. Don't forget, coming up, our Travel Paso Spotlight, just after the conversation, we're going to be talking about the Farmhouse Motel. We interviewed Kimberly Walker back several episodes ago. She is just like, oozing with style, and I just love this gal. All of her properties are bomb. This one, her latest, it is no exception. Chic, classy, boutique, in walking distance from everything downtown, including downtown City Park, the square. They got bikes you can just zip around town in. She has dialed this place in. We'll tell you all about the Farmhouse Motel coming up after our conversation in our Travel Paso Spotlight. So I show up to LXV, downtown Paso. They just celebrated a 10-year anniversary, so there is a lot to celebrate on the Dow side, on the LXV side, as we dive in and learn all about Cab Franc ahead of the second annual Cab Franc Day in Paso Robles. So give me that moonshine, we bath on round till the job is in the trees, we'll simplify good company. Give me a little bit like what you would say if you were flying into Paso, clearing in for a landing. Like, what would you say? Uh, oh, God. You're on the spot. I know. Uh, November 7 to 7, 5, Romeo, clear to land, runway 29, right? I love that. It's so cool. I love it with your accent. All right. Cheers, friends. <laughs> cheers. Here we go. Cheers. Celebrating Cabernet Franc. I know so many glasses to choose from, Maeve. This is awesome. Uh, we're celebrating Cab Frog. We've been wanting to uh, talking with like Joel and the team of Passwine. We're putting these podcasts together, like just having some different ideas. And, and this one to really educate us on a specific grape. And so timely because we're going to get into a Cab Franc day that is coming up on December 3rd. So this just couldn't be more appropriately timed. And we have some really, really fun friends of the podcast. Nita and Kunal Matal. Love you guys. It's fun to have both of you. And of course, Kunal, because we know that Cab Franc is like, this is your baby. Cab Franc is, this is like your soul. It, it totally is my soul. My Certainly my favorite varietal. Because if we were talking about Sangio, we'd be talking to you about that. But we, I, can't, I can't have LXV on 
and not have the lovely Nita and her voice on here. So, like I told her, she could read the phone book to me. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember what we decided the last time? What? Instead of the phone book, yeah. I'm going to read your wows for you. So, I'm going to officiate oh, the right. wedding. Just saying. She wants to, and it's so funny because so many people have offered to like officiate the wedding, and I've always kind of like politely, like, oh, that's so sweet. But in my head, I'm like, no, I don't think so. Um, and some really good friends, but with Nita, I was like, I, I would tell we got to go with this. It would be so good. I'm totally down. And Maeve, it's so nice to see you. It's your first time on the podcast. Thrilled to be here. So good yeah. because we've had Daniel on uh, mm-hmm. several times. And I don't know, can I ask you about the $900 million elephant in the room? Because oh, it's exciting. I have you. This is really big news. It's big for Paso. It's big for George and Daniel and the whole team. Uh, what has been the, the vibe and the, the emotions of late? Because it, it's certainly huge. You know, to me, it is the external validation of what so many people who've been here for so long, you know, like Nita and Kunal and like the Pastorals One Country Alliance and the Cab Collective and every single person who has declared this place as a very special and remarkable terroir. This is the moment that this we have this huge external validation that everyone's vision is correct. The vision that this region belongs on the world stage. And so we have, you know, Treasury Wine Estates really demonstrating their belief in that the fact that this vision does truly belong uh, as among the best in the world. You know, in a, in a company that has iconic brands and wineries like Penfolds and Frank Family and BV and Behringer, just to name a few, right. um, they understand iconic brands. They understand remarkable terroir. And they understand the vision and the future of Paso Robles. Now, you're the senior VP over there. You're the right-hand woman of, of George and Daniel. I imagine this has probably been a very busy time for you. It's been an exciting time. Yeah, you sure. Know, this has been a passion project from the beginning for me and for George and Daniel and for everyone that has joined us on this journey. So for us to see this really go into the hands of someone uh, who will take this globally uh, while respecting the special, you know, the special feel we have here as a community. That's very exciting for all of us. And I think uh, one of my favorite thoughts about this is that, you know, we are a family here at Dow and in Paso. And for us, the family just got bigger. I know when I go to visit Daniel during harvest or, or any time and he's walking me through uh, the, the beautiful cellar and walking me through the computer, he's showing me analysis. Like, it's so funny because he's he's so, like, just zoned in to what's going on and like, see this, see these, this is my spreadsheet of this and you see <laughs> yes. these numbers? This is Napa today. This is Bordeaux today. You know, and it's like, uh, and he's just so dialed in. Cab Franc, and I know he loves the Bordeaux uh, varietals, but Cab Franc is a very, very special one to him. And the way that you, and we're going to taste some of these today, but the way he does a single bottle Cab Franc is unlike any I've tasted. It's mm-hmm. remarkable. Yeah, from the beginning, he really felt that this terroir was meant to create world-class Cabernet and Bordeaux varietals. And so I always jokingly say, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon was his first love, but he has a super smoking hot love ever going on with Cabernet Franc. Yeah. When he watched the way that, that, that this varietal just was perfect for the terroir in Adelaida uh, with the soils of Saint-Emilion, the climate of Napa. Cabernet Franc, she's very, very happy there. And so she ripens beautifully. She is just gorgeous and aromatic and all the things that we all fell in love with Cabernet Franc for. So for that reason, he does have two single varietal expressions of Cabernet Franc from Adelaida. Now, before we get into what we can see and experience, 
expect in the vineyards. Kunal, I'm going to dig in on some of that with you. But um, you and I were talking off the air before we jumped on board and made this really great analogy as people will compare, say, George Clooney to, Cab, uh, to Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, you know, I, I think if we have to personify a varietal, first of all, to me, Cabernet Franc is very feminine, but she is powerful and she is fierce. And so, you know, George Clooney is amazing. Love him. He really, you know, has that, you know, kind of beard and that elegance, but that kind of like grittiness, you know, that to me, Cabernet Sauvignon is super sexy. But then we met Amal Clooney and she <laughs> is just frankly a badass in her own right, right? So she is remarkable and without even trying, she is one of the most you know, mysterious and, and um, fashionable and powerful and elegant women. And then you add in the husband and it's the whole package, right? So that is, to me, a great example of the personification of Bordeaux varietals. I love that you, we were talking about that off the air. Now, Kunal, when we see Cab Franc, this is one of those grapes that kind of has a lot of, you know, really unique expression. We talk about, you know, some people talk about like green notes and we'll get into like what pyrazines, what that even means. And then I want to dig even one layer deeper later and how do we get those? Is it is it canopy? What, what makes these kind of green flavors? Is it just inherent? And then what are some of the things that we have to worry about with, with Cabernet Franc? I mean, I remember standing on top of the beautiful Viking vineyards, not far from where you are at Dow of Adelaida. And, you know, they have some beautiful Cab Franc there, but it was a windy year and a shatter went through. So a uh, Cab Franc susceptible and it's very, uh, it could be temperamental if it's not treated right by Mother Nature. What are some things that you notice uh, that we should keep in mind when we're trying to understand Cab Franc in the vineyard? And then even like what 23 offers what, what have you been seeing in the last few weeks with your Cap Franc? Sure, that's a great question. Um, so, I mean, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Cap Franc is a delicate varietal. You can, in, in terms of the grape itself, you can compare to how delicate a Pinot grape is. Uh, it certainly needs to be handled with extra care. Cab Syrah, some of these other varietals, you can plant them and they'll pretty much grow. Obviously, different qualities, uh, but it'll, they'll pretty much grow anywhere. Uh, Cap Franc does require uh, a lot more care. I think the clay soils with the limestone uh, in Paso is, uh, you know, mimics uh, Saint Emion, and I think that's a great terroir for Cap Franc, uh, which is why we love it. We love the Cap Franc from this region. Uh, 23 vintage was exceptional, very long hanging time on the wines. It helped the wines in general, all, all the varietals, particularly Capron. It helped the ripeness uh, overcome some of those green notes. So if you pick Capron a bit too early, that's when those green parazine notes are a little bit more prominent. So having a little bit longer hang time, allowing the fruit to ripen uh, uh, to, to, to where we want it. Uh, can can minimize some of those green notes when in the vineyard. When you taste some of these green notes in a Cab Franc, would one expect, oh, this is what maybe they were going for? This is the way they wanted to make it? Or do you go, ah, oh, maybe there was just something a little bit in the vineyard that just kind of, that they probably even wish wasn't quite there? I don't know. I think every producer is different. Uh, some people uh, do capitalize on the green notes of the Cabernet Franc. Uh, we at Alex, we personally don't. We want to. We want the green notes to be there. We want it to be varietally correct. When you drink the wine, you want to know it's a Cap Franc. Uh, but we don't want the green notes to overwhelm the rest of what Cap Franc has to offer. Uh, so, for in, in our case, again, we wait for the ri uh, right level of ripening. Uh, we we press very lightly because uh, most of these green notes come from the skin and the, and the seeds. So we want to press it lightly, not uh, uh, shatter the seeds into the uh, into the wine. Um, 
amounting to loss of some potential wine, but that's all right. And uh, then the right barrel programs. So the right uh, choice of barrels can also help adjunct some of those green notes. Last year, I learned so much about Cab Franc and the first ever Cab Franc day that we did here in Paso. And Wes Hagen, who was about two episodes ago with Billy Grant, I encourage you, if you have not heard that episode, it was really, really good. If someone's listening, go back and listen to that episode because Wes Hagen is always rare air when he's chatting about something. And he actually sent me his slideshow, his slides from last year's um you know, panel that he led, uh, strawberry, roasted pepper, red plum, crushed gravel, chili pepper. These are things that not only can make a beautiful wine when it's done just right by itself, but what a great blender. Talk about Cab Franc as a blender, because like we talk about Saint Emilion and some of these other folks here that use Cab Franc, it's a great blending grade. Absolutely. I think a um, majority of Cab Franc is used in blending. Uh, certainly uh, all over Bordeaux, it's it's extremely hard to find, uh, almost impossible to find 100% Cap Franc out of Bordeaux. I think the maximum I've personally found is 60-40 uh, uh, in Bordeaux. Uh, in other parts of France, uh, in Loire Valley, there are a lot of 100% Cabernet Franc expressions. Uh, California, Australia, I mean, literally all over the world, uh, they're making, uh, using Cap Franc both for blending as well as now producers are realizing the potential of it being a straight varietal. It has... Uh, enough of a character, enough of structure, uh, enough of nuances that a straight varietal Cabernet Franc, and we're going to be tasting four of them today, and then over 20 of them at Cap Franc Day. It's one of these wines where I feel, Maeve, like when somebody, when a winemaker or a producer really loves this grape, it's something that they want to do on its own. And we're going to taste Cab Franc literally on its own throughout this episode and both with the Dow brands and the upper echelon patrimony estate, which is just incredible. I mean, to me, I've had the pleasure of tasting all of the patrimonies here and there. And they're just like, I mean, there's something you remember. They're so beautiful. But for me, the Cab Franc might have been my, my absolute favorite one. It's just something you don't forget. I think that is the beauty of the power and elegance in Cabernet Franc. And because, you know, for Daniel, he first fell in love with wine as a young man in France. And the very first wine that was his aha moment, you know, we all had one at some point in our careers, for sure, right? Yeah. For him, that was a bottle of Chateau Cheval Blanc. So you can say his first love was Cabernet Franc. And so when he chose to plant um, on Dow Mountain and then on the Patrimony Vineyard in Adelaide District, um, he knew that Cabernet Franc would, you know, arguably be the most challenging grape to to grow, but also the most rewarding in many ways. And so for him, just to, you know, to echo the, the comments earlier, you know, Cab Franc does, you know, struggle to ripen. And if it doesn't ripen properly, then you have, you know, those pyrazine green flavors a little bit too spicy and there's not as much joy in that, right? And then if you over-ripen it, it, it. Uh, loses a little bit of elegance and a little bit of class. And so to start with the key, as Kunal was just talking about, was really ensuring that it ripens perfectly. It takes a lot more time um, in the vineyard, and in the end, it certainly pays off. And so once you have it in the winery, too, it's uh, you know hard to nail that color and to, to, to keep that color intact. And so that's the art of the vinification process. And, you know, just like everything, if you can achieve those two things, the rest of it, you know, 
is is perfect and heavenly. And I think that's what we're seeing in all four of these losses here today. Now, without getting into Daniel's head, because he's not here, but I know if anybody could, you could. Well, when he has a beautiful version of Cab Franc with Dow, and he's making the patrimony estate, for some reason, again, this love for Cab Franc is still coming to the surface for him, mm-hmm. where he's like, I, I have to express it here, too. Yes, and I think that that is his brilliant mind at work. You know, he never rests, and uh, in our world, we never rest either. It's our gift and our passion to to help bring these wines and these vineyards to life. And so, you know, for him, Cab Franc just loves um, the the soil in the Adelaide district and over where you are as well. That beautiful minerality that it can extract from that calcareous, um, it, uh, he feels it very, it performs the best on those rocky soils. And so for him, you know, he chose to plant uh, some some very beautiful clones of all of our Bordeaux varietals, but certainly with Cabernet Franc, clone 214, you know, a traditional Loire uh, clone of Cabernet Franc, and has just tended that with amazing love. And that is the brilliance of Daniel when he fixates on something, to your point about those, you know, this number and this and that, he is fully engaged in every single part of the wine growing and winemaking process uh, from the very beginning all the way to the very end. And so as he finds these very select tiny rows or blocks of Cabernet Franc or any other varietal, he cannot help but be called to do something different with them. So he's not afraid to say, oh my gosh, this needs to be on its own. This needs to be for Dow. This needs to be for patrimony. He just, that's that mind of an, an artist that he um, is evidenced here in these two beautiful bottles of Cabernet Franc. It's Prom. wild. I feel like he's, that dude is like half human, half computer. You know, it's, it's wild. Yes. When, when someone just gets into there, and you're very like analytical like that too, Kunal. Like, I mean, and how, when, when it comes to like what you're doing with, in, during harvest, I mean, is it your hidden spreadsheets? Is it a lot of numbers? Is it a lot of just like sensory taste? I know it's got to be some of that too. How do you kind of balance how much I'm going to rely on the numbers and how much I'm going to rely on my palate. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great question because uh, the numbers are an indicator, but they're not the answer mm-hmm. uh, in, in winemaking, I should say. Uh, to me, winemaking is equally a science as well as, well as an art. Mm-hmm. So that you get the science from the numbers, but the art is in the style of wine you want uh, and the style of wine you want to uh, produce for your audience. And that has a huge influence beyond numbers. Because, for example, there's wineries in Paso Robles that will will pick much later, make uh, higher alcohol wines, and that's the style they're going for, and that's and they do very, very well uh, with the consumer uh, that's coming to Paso Robles. Uh, our approach has been lighter wines, more elegant, nuanced, food-friendly, lower, f- food lower alcohol. And for the, uh, for the customers that we attract at Alex Suite, that style works really well. So there's no uh, one-size-fits-all, and that's where the art comes in, where the, the numbers only give you p- part of the story there. It's got to pair with Nita's food, too. I know. Uh, your I, Indian cuisine. I remember a story um, when uh, uh, a winemaker, we had a discussion with her, um, when Amy Butler was a winemaker, mm-hmm. and um, Kunal wanted to make Cabernet Franc, and um, everybody was into Rones at that time. And she said to Kunal, and, 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 and judiciously so, because she was a winemaker and it was her job to counsel. And she said to Kunal, um, make the wine others will drink and buy the wine you want to drink. And Kunal said, why would I do that? Um, <laughs> no, to me, they're one, one and the same, right? To him, it was one and the same. And so he decided um, 
that even in that time when everything was about Rhone varietals, uh, we decided to to pick Bordeaux as a direction at LXV. And I have to say, um, Dow was such a game changer because when you see, when you are as small as LXV and you're you're new to the space and you're trying to feel things out and then you have somebody like Dow, which is an establishment that they understand the market. They have a much bigger think tank and bigger IQ when it comes to, to wine. When you see taking them a direction that you want to, it somehow just makes it a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I remember every time I've had a conversation with Daniel about something. He just makes you feel comfortable with your decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that matters a lot. And this sense of community that Maeve was just talking about is so huge in Paso. Even now when we cheered, I picked up the Dow wine to cheer. And, and I picked up yours. And Maeve yeah. picked up mine. <laughs> yeah. And I saw her yeah. almost like put down the Dow and picked up, and she picked up the LXV wine. And in in the smallest interactions here in Paso, you see that sense of community. Yes, I think that's such a powerful thing. Um, that almost brings me to tears. But yeah, I think really that cool. is really, really the cool. uh, the beauty of Paso Robles. And so when you think about Daniel and George's vision, you know, just 17 years ago, and you think about um, the time that they that it wasn't the varietal of choice here to really continue to elevate and press the boundaries of a region that was known for pressing boundaries. I mean, Paso Robles is the wild west of the wine world, right? Everyone can hear can come here and do what they are driven to do. And so for Daniel and George, that was to create Cabernet and Bordeaux varietals that rivaled the best in the world. And so to do that, they did activate our friends and our neighbors and the community with the Pastor Rebels Cabernet Collective. You know, that was something that Daniel and George really felt powerfully about. Um, they went around to our friends and neighbors and rallied the, the neighboring wineries to work together to create this, um, you know, group of vintners who worked together to not only continue to press boundaries and share ideas, but also to to take this to the world as um, a place that can grow incredibly high quality Cabernet and Bordeaux. And so we just celebrated the 10th anniversary of the Pastor Rebels Cab Collective and Nita and I are on the board of that together. And so just today we had our, our December board meeting and, you know, just being together with the with everyone around that table and celebrating our shared success, um, whether it's Cabernet or Bordeaux or any of our neighbors who are really focused on, you know, doing justice and honor to this region. It's a gift for, for me to be here. I certainly. think it's cool. Just even just as Dow was like between five and seven years old, this is when you guys are starting mm-hmm. to come online because you guys are just celebrating a 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Cheers Five to years. that. That's huge. Cheers. Cheers Happy that. 10 years to LXV. <laughs> and and, and it, you yeah. still have that, that neighborly kind of aspect where, you know, you're being able to talk to Daniel and stuff. And, and they're still, you know, and like you said, because, he, you know, he's always, you know, enjoyed, uh, resources and things that he was able to really kind of dive in and do this to a a brilliant level but to share this info with the neighbors and like your experiences what are yours what are mine i mean that's still very old school paso so you know kunal just talked about science and art but there's definitely that paso dust that magic dust of community Mm. that plays a role um it it people feel it when people come to Paso, they talk about how they feel that sense of community. Um, they don't witness these interactions, but somehow they feel it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure somehow it manifests in our wines as well. Kunal, why is Paso well-suited for like really world-class Cab Franc from 
soil, terroir, uh, viticulture perspective? What is it about it? The soil aspect of it earlier, uh, the soil here, a lot of the areas below Creek, Adelaide, uh, even a uh, couple areas on the east side do have a lot of that uh, clay and limestone, which I think is one of the most ideal soils. Uh, so that, that's the soil. The weather, slightly uh, warmer than other, other wine regions of California, but not warm kind of mimics uh, the Bordeaux weather patterns. Rainfall, another key thing, not, we don't get too much rain. I think Cabernet Franc will drown if it gets to, uh, if it gets too much rain on any fruit, any any grape pole. But uh, I think everything is just ideal. Uh, viticulture practices, I think, people, uh, uh, you know, Daniel Dow and his viticulture practices, G2, not that's planting a lot of Bordeaux for LXV, um, their viticulture practices, they know how to handle the nuanced fruit. They know how to handle delicate fruit. Uh, they know how to treat it differently than they would treat their Syrahs and their Cabs and the uh, Sangioveses or anything else. Uh, and, and that matters. Uh, I think we planted the same clone, 214. We, we, we chose the Loire Valley clones too because I think uh, the soil profile, the, the weather profile, uh, a little bit cooler in certain areas, frost-resistant uh, Cabernet Franc clones like the 214 um, we prove that nothing is truly, truly frost resistant, but anyway, it was, it was, it was again, it does really well for us. What should visitors pay attention to when they're coming to Paso? They're tasting, they're listening to this. They're like, oh my god, I want to go and buy a Cab Franc now. I want to when I come to Paso, I want to kind of look for some Cab Francs. I want to go to LXV. I want to go to Dow. What should guests be looking for when they taste it? What, what are some things that they can zero in on that they can really make an educated kind of you know play on what this Cab Franc offers them? The the twenty two odd wineries that are pouring at Cab Franc Day every Cab Franc is going to be very, very different. I mean, the four here, two from Dow and two from LXV. The two from LXV are completely different. Same vineyard, exact same winemaking. The two from Dow are different vineyards, probably made slightly different. Like, Maeve can talk more about that, but they're completely different wines. The recommendation to a consumer looking for Cap Franc coming to Paso is understand the style of wine that you like, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you will be able to s- seek out a Cabernet Franc that, that suits that style, whether it's going to be lighter, more elegant, more perfume and floral, or more darker fruit, uh, more ripe notes, like you're seeing. And again, if you compare, just compare the LXV to the Dow. The LXV is on, the, on that lighter profile side, and the Dow is on that riper profile side. You can look at it by just looking at the color. Yeah. You can tell that uh, even before you, uh, uh, you know... Uh, 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 smell it or, or taste it. I was a guest on Lori Bud's podcast right when I think, probably during COVID, right when we, Joel and I started this podcast, Where Wine Takes You. And I learned a lot about Lori. She was fantastic. And I know Cab Franc Day was really something that she kind of started a long, long time ago. And I'm so glad that it, some more love was given to it to surface it into something that it is now. Uh, give me a little bit of a history on um, your relationship with, with Lori and how that first came about. So... Our idea to do the Cap Franc Day came from the sole mission to do something to bring the focus to the efforts in Paso Robles to elevate border varietals. And of course, Cap Franc was an obvious vehicle because of our love for Cabernet Franc. So that's where really where it started. And when we started thinking about Cabernet Franc Day, obviously, what do you do? You Google uh, Cabernet Franc Day and... Uh, 
up comes this date and then um, of uh, in December and the name Laurie Bud, which I was like, okay, I've, I've heard this name somewhere. Well, it just so happens she's the winery literally now across the street from us, Drasena Wines, and she. And you're like, oh my god, it started in Paso. And it started in Paso. <laughs> That's so crazy. Because I, I I picked up the phone, I called her, and it's been an exciting collaboration since she she's very excited about um, somebody else picking up that platform and elevating that platform because she's been working at it for a really really long time and she does fantastic i think she does like round tables and seminars and and she works on it throughout the year you know we are doing something once a year um she works on it throughout the year you know what that also showcases paso is a land of these hidden gems and people who are in the know-how of Paso, it's exciting for them because they always feel like they're discovering something. Paso is still, even after all these years, we thought when Paso was uh, defined as the best wine region, uh, thanks to the PRWCA and the fantastic efforts Woo-hoo. that they have mm-hmm. had, um, we thought... Okay, 2013? Yep, 2013. I think, right, so I think we need another one of those. Ten, I, think, I feel ten, like we're, we're due for another one. And then, yes. Years ago? Yeah. That, wow. that was the first time we got 2013 is when we were Oh, named. I thought it was like yesterday Like last year Well, well, well we, we never stop But still Every year best Yeah, every year, right? Every yeah. year. <laughs> best For wine real. region And then I have in mind The best wine person of the year um, <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know And we thought Okay, we had discovered And it's going to be Everybody's like You remember the conversations Oh, it's going to be like Napa No. Not that, uh, you know, being like Napa, that would be a blessing in itself because what a great brand Napa is. And to lead with that brand, uh, lead California with that brand, that's fantastic. But Paso has created its own identity and kept its own identity. And there are these stories like Laurie Batts, like Daniel Dow, who comes here. I remember 10 years ago, standing on Dow Mountain. It's an American dream story. He, he, he with two uh, barrels, and he had like a tabletop on two barrels, and plans laid out and he used to point out saying this is what I'm building and in 10 years this is where he is yeah. so you have these hidden gems no, no matter what the tone and the volume of those hidden gems are there's still many of those to be discovered in Paso. You know I remember talking to Daniel Dow at his 10th anniversary and some of those feelings that he was kind of conjuring up when you see and I'll ask both of you but Nita first when you see that milestone that is now in your rearview mirror of hitting 10 years with your the very unique way just like Daniel and George do your very unique way I mean your pairings your Indian culture with the cuisine and the, the spices and everything. I mean, when you look at that 10 years, what are some of the feelings that that conjures up? Mm. It's interesting. Uh, when, when you think about the 10 years, it's almost at least for me, and maybe it's different for Canal. I'm not thinking about the 10 years. I'm like, what's ahead? Yeah. What's ahead in the next 10 years? Um, this is so exciting. Uh, this was, um, our vineyard is called Arman, which means um, a cherished dream. This was a cherished dream 10 years ago um, to build something like this. But anytime, it's interesting, Kunal and I, we talk about this all the time. Uh, whenever we get some recognition, um, like the Cap Franc um, that you have in your class just got 97 points today. And today? Today, oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's came fantastic. Out, yeah. um, from Tasting Pano. Cheers, cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. cheers. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That's and, rad. But here, you know, and we talk about this all the time. We have so many good things that happen that have happened in the last 10 years, but we, we recognize it and we nod about it. We cheer and then we move on. Like we're like, okay, what's next? What's exciting? Uh, I have to say as much as I'm, I'm always called the face of LXV, 
Kunal has taken such bold steps for us in the past. Uh, we are now making wine in Bordeaux in Saint-Emilion, um, which I, it's it's trippy for me. Uh, I know, it's that. crazy. Uh, we're going to, planning on making wine in Margot next year. No way. So th- for us, it's not anytime any, uh, people ask us about like where are you headed how you know how many cases that's not how we define we don't have any number of cases in mind or um you know like projected value we just want to remain excited we want to remain excited about bordeaux about different tawas uh, maybe we'll tag along and Show up in Tuscany with Daddy. Just say knock knock. Here we are. I have a beautiful calcareous clay there. Yeah, there, yes. yes. But we feel a lot like home. There you go. But let's take a bus and go to go to Tuscany. (laughs) Right. But the idea is to remain excited. Um, You know, the past defines a purpose, and I think the future. Um, makes the unknown future makes it very very interesting, um, and that's how we've we've kept it. What do you think, Kanal? Yeah, what lights you up? What are you talking about? Your last ten years. So uh, you know, again, we we when we started this brand, uh, we I at least. And no clue it's going to be so successful. We're going to be at shy of 5,000 case winery. Uh, it, it, I didn't have that vision or dream that, that, it, that this could happen. So I, th- I think um, Nita's efforts on, on on the marketing and branding side, making sure that this is a respected brand in the Paso community has been huge. My role has been to make sure with our winemaking team that we have quality product and uh, and innovate on that product. So from a, from a Cabernet Franc perspective, we're looking forward to Cabernet Franc Rosé. We've done a few years now. White Cabernet Franc in 2023. White uh, Cabernet Franc Rosé sparkling in 2023. Who knows what else we'll do with Cabernet Franc or other uh, Bordeaux varietals as we uh, explore this journey. And now- so we took some Cabernet Franc, this vintage, mm-hmm. and we put it to press immediately, and we're making a white Cab Franc. Yes. Wow. Yes. I've never even tasted one of you. Can you please reserve me several bottles yeah, yeah. of all of those things? <laughs> I'd so like to be good. on the waiting list for that. I'm sure Daniel Dow's <laughs> listening to this right now going like, I want to taste some of that too. I mean, have, I, I, I've never even tasted one before. I can't wait. So uh, white Cabernet, So when we did our white Sangiovese, that we were, I think, very unique on. That was maybe, beautiful. That was maybe good. one or two wineries in, in, in the U.S. that do that. White Cabernet Franc is not that unique. Okay. There are a few wineries in Napa that do it. I think we're certainly the first in Paso. Uh, I, I think I can stake that claim. Uh, on, I can't on, imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, back you up on that one. I can't think of and, any other one. Uh, and 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 that into a sparkling because sparkling has been needed as passion. So we have uh, three sparklings um, in the can now, but no, none of them are going to be released anytime soon. And, the, and not just to be very clear, not yeah. in a can. Not in a can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Although uh, you never know these days with wine and packaging. Oh, yeah. no, very <laughs> true. Very true. And I, I, I have nothing against wine in a can. Neither do I. Sure. Uh, some amazing. Uh, I think wine in a can in many ways can do better than wine in a bottle, but that's a conversation for some other time. Sure. Uh, yeah, wine in a, in a bottle. Wow. We so might. Sparkling. I mean, we just had a conversation with Jeff about this. We might. Your winemaker. Uh, our winemaker Jeff Strake is phenomenal. We are here today because of him and his vision, and of course Frederick Ammons, our consulting winemaker from Napa. Um, we might be pouring the blanc. Um, de Franc, uh, the white uh, uh, Cabernet Franc, Blanc at de the Franc, de Franc okay. um, at the Cap Franc day. Really? Yes. We, it'll be ready. But so we, it, we, it won't be ready. It'll, it'll probably it. still be pink. Uh, because the final uh, passes of getting the color out are, are 
happened just before bottling, so it might still be a little pink. But hey, why not taste it? Yeah, we have no rules in Paso comparatively. Uh, we're not. We don't have the strict rules of Bordeaux or or rest of France or Italy. We we can. Experiment. We can get creative. We can literally follow our passions. Well, this is why like Stefan from La Ventura left Bordeaux, and he must see exactly. you going back to Bordeaux. He's like, "No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now, are there certain rules and, and T's you have to cross and I's you have to dot over there that you're like, oh man, I don't have to do this back home? Oh, crazy! Yeah, oh, and I'm still learning what I'm going to have to do on the Saint Emilion project and then the Margot project. And by the way, uh, Margot and Saint Emilion are probably ten, twelve kilometers apart, and the rules are completely different. Yeah. Let's talk about what someone can experience when they go to Cab Franc Day. Such an exciting event. Uh, under one roof, we're going to have a deep dive into Cabernet Franc as it pertains to Passerobles. Um, we promise you it's not a tasting event. It is an event to really elevate your understanding of Cabernet Francs. Um, we're going to start with a seminar with Wes Hagen, and we will taste six different Cap Francs from six different wine regions in the world. And um, followed by a panel uh, led by Matt Ketman. Um, and on that panel, we have Austin Hope. He's, he's going to have fantastic stories. Um, because I, we wanted somebody who, who, who could talk about the market and the economies. Yeah. We have Bill Gibbs, who's the grower. Uh, with G2 He's G2 great Because he pulls no punches My interview with him On the podcast Was just so good Because I was like You know When someone's like Giving you a lot You don't like Show a poker face Oh my god He's saying this right now So I'm just like Trying to keep a poker face But I'm like This dude is a great interview I just loved him He He, he, he gives Bill Gibbs it, delivers Yeah He, he just lays it out there It's great He walks into LXV once With a With a cap And that said GZN Because he, The printing was so bad On his Cap instead of G two, mm-hmm. um, not G two N. It's instead of G two. It said G Z. Yeah, the two was badly printed, and I rec- <laughs> recognized it as Bill Gibbs, and I literally like honed into him. Right. And the next day, we were talking about planting on our property, and that's yeah, how. That, that was a very expensive day for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so it's going to be a seminar with Wes Hagen, one of the pr- most brilliant educators in our He's area. So much fun to listen to. Matt Ketman, and then um, this will be followed by. A grand tasting with 20 different wineries uh, who will be pouring blends or varietal Cabernet Francs. And along with that tasting, every table, and this is an exciting thing, um, in that attempt of not just making it a tasting event, but elevating it, every winery is going to bring an educational aspect to the table. Oh, wow. About Cabernet Franc. Cool. Um, some wineries are loving me for this. Few of them are not loving me for this, right. but they will at the end of it. Um, but the idea if is, anything, they'll be like, "Go get a bowl of dirt." Bring it <laughs> <up again." laughs> but every so so that when you go to a table and you get a pour of Cabernet Franc with a winery, you will also come away learning something a little bit more about the varietal, about our region, about the winemaking. Yeah. Um, and Cass, I mean, I have to give it to them. One of the best event centers we have in this area they are hosting it for the second time in a row and um the chef chef charlie um, Mm -hmm. he has created a pairing menu so we've discussed about the um the notes in the cabernet franc that we want to play with and he also is going to do the spread um which is more like a grazing table Mm -hmm. but this is what he's doing interesting this year he is going to feature the six international wine regions 
on the grazing table. Wow. So every, every um, like we have Argentina, we have um, Hungary, we have Bordeaux, all those Tuscany, um, rather Bulgari to be specific. So he's going to f- take ideas from those regions and that's going to be the grazing table. So everybody, even chef, is jumping in and saying, what can I do to make this elevated, yeah. more true to against just a charcuterie table. So you got the tasting, you got the educational aspect of it prior. How do people get tickets to this? Capfranc Day Dash pasorobles.com if you don't remember the URL don't worry about it just google Cap Franc de Paso Robles we are almost sold out but there are a few more tickets left I would so please, love please come and join us yeah. and uh, what we were able to do this year many wineries wanted to participate so what the wineries because we wanted to keep it to 20 and kind of keep a very good flow the wineries who could not participate we are actually doing a Cap Franc trail so it's going to list all the Cap Franc wineries that are participating, as well as the ones who could not participate this year. Nice. And next year, we'll figure out a way to, for, to invite more wineries. And we are promoting this as hashtag Cap Franc Masters, because the vision for next year is bigger. The vision cool. for next year is wow. international. The vision for next year is, okay, great, Paso, but let's see what, what, what the other you. wine regions are doing. So it's going to kind of, take a different um, soul next year as Cap Franc Masters. Okay, you come to Taste LXV, downtown Paso. Do we need an appointment? Um, not if you dub Adam's name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on a weekday, no. On a weekend, yes. Yeah. It, it, the only reason we ask you to do um, make an appointment is then we are ready for you. Mm-hmm. At Alex Vina, we are the highest rated winery in all of Paso on social media and, uh, on, and on Yelp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that very proudly because every team member here takes every reservation very seriously. So to get the most out of us, just give allow us that opportunity to be ready for you. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, the two wines that you opened up for us today. Yes, the one that's on, on, the, f- on the table, standing erect, and one that's not. Um, so these are two vintages. There is a 2020 and a 2021. Um, same vineyard. Um, um, limestone soils. Um, really rocky, rocky vineyard. Shows the struggle and the finesse of the grapes. This is what Kunal was hinting at earlier. Is sort of... Uh, Cooler climate, old world style versus a more voluptuous style with uh, with Dao. Uh, with the LXV, it's um, much more on the um, elegant side. It's very nuanced. It's very restrained. You will get a hint of that herbaceousness. We love that at LXV. But as Kunal said, mentioned before, within measure, um, the tannin is super refined. It's gone a long, long finish. And then at the Cap Franc event, we are also going to or the G2 North Cabernet Franc barrel sample. Um, Beautiful. Just to, to show the, the... And the white cap franc. And the white cap franc, if it is ready, then we're going to... Blanc de franc. Blanc de franc. We'll certainly pour that at the media lunch. Yes. Not at the full event. Cannot yes. wait for that. Uh, Maeve, how can people taste at Dow? And give me the lowdown on the two wines that... Uh, these beautiful wines that you poured for us today. Sure. So just like Nita, we love to be ready and set the table for you. So a reservation for us um, helps us do that. Really, we're about connection. And we get to do that through the 
lens of wine. So DowVineyards.com for a reservation for Dow or our patrimony experience, which is also centered at the estate at Dow until we have our new beautiful winery across the road a piece um, at the patrimony estate, which we just planted in the last several years right across um, on the other part of Adelaide. Now, these both of these brands that we have on today are ones that when you go and taste and do, especially when you give them that heads up, you will be so thankful that you did because it's like both these places will just take such good care of you. I feel like anytime I come and taste any of these places, you're spending like it, it, it's not it's not like this. It's on a belly up and then bounce. Mm hmm. And I love that Paso's not so much like that. It's really a thoughtful time. Of course, the pairings here, which you've been doing forever. Your food is ridiculous up at Dow, like these McMeze plates and stuff. It's just so great. So I really encourage you to make an appointment to either of these places because it just, um, it really doesn't just heighten their ability to know you're coming. It heightens your experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It makes it like so first class. You know, really our goal is to create an experience that these wines deserve. And yeah. so our team there is all heart and soul. And, and we strive to do that every single day uh, up on Down Mountain. And so the wines I brought to share today um, are both uh, 100% Cabernet Franc and different expressions of the same amazing, elegant, yet powerful uh, varietal in Cabernet Franc. So one is our Dow Estate Cabernet Franc and the other is our Patrimony Estate Cabernet Franc. Um, so both gorgeous. And I, I did notice that my glasses are, you know, Somewhat empty. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) The LXV ones first, and now I'm heading over to these two. And poor Maid is at the furthest point away from the line. Yes, no, yeah. But it's been it's been a joy to be here with you all today and share these wines. Yes, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a long time. So maybe it really, really means a lot. Did you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it's always always fun to talk about all things Paso and certainly Cabernet Franc and and Dow and Patrimony, all my favorite things in one place. (laughs) Yeah, I love catching up with you. And uh, thanks so much for, for coming down for this. I know everything's there's a lot going on everywhere. You guys are so busy. We're just wrapping up Harvest. And you know I love the two of you, Nita and Kunal. Uh, website, Dow Vineyards. Also, patrimonyestate.com. LXVWine.com. And then soon, I can't wait to taste some wine from Bordeaux from you guys. Really quick question, because I meant to ask this and I just forgot. Are we, what are we, bottling it and then bringing it over here? How do we do this? Yeah, so the, the wine is going to be bottled in Saint-Emion uh, around about February 10th. So uh, when I come back, uh, and I are both going for the bottling. When we come back, we'll have some sa- sample bottles for all of you guys, and then uh, it's, yes, we get. He bot- said that we're writing. We're keeping. We're keeping. I'm on that. the list. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, along with Philip Milka's wine and a couple other uh, f- folks that are making wine in France, uh, we'll all combine and rent a, uh, a ship to get uh, get the wine over here probably August, September is my guess when uh, our first uh, 100 cases of Bordeaux wine will arrive here with yeah. 2022 vintage. Man, this yeah. was a special episode. Cab Franc Day, again Cab Franc Day dash Passerobles dot com. That's how you get your tickets. We're going to be there December 3rd is the day. I would love for someone who's listening to this podcast come and say, oh my God, I heard you guys talking around the table. I had to be there. Here I am. You'll get to meet Wes Hagen. You'll get to meet 20 different producers and it is going to be a lot of fun. Man, for the love of Cab Franc, for the love of the beautiful souls around this table, for the love of Paso, I can't thank you guys enough for sharing where wine takes you. Cheers. 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 Yeah. So give me that moonshine We'll keep on We pass on round Till the job is done Can't die in the trees The world's amplifying Good company
so much thanks, Nitsa and Kunal, and of course, Maeve. Just enjoyed all of them. They're just such great people. It makes this so much fun and so easy. I hope you enjoyed being along for the ride with that conversation. Our Travel Paso Spotlight, looking at the Farmhouse Motel. It is the most recent property from Nomada Hotel Group. We interviewed Kimberly Walker a few episodes back with Riley from Hubba. I strongly encourage you to go check out that conversation. It was great. But the farmhouse just captures the essence of the locale. Conveniently situated within walking distance of the downtown square. A quick bike ride away and they got bikes for you. The newly renovated farmhouse motel. It's a modern interpretation of a classic Spring Street motel. And when you know when it has the hands of Kimberly Walker, it's going to be meticulously designed, classy, and enjoy all of life's pleasures. As far as the amenities, they just did such a good job with this property, and the hospitality is second to none. A central courtyard with fire pits, fountains. There's a front porch on almost every cottage. Pet friendly, some pet perks provided in the room. The secret garden, some really cool gifts, local goods in the farmhouse shop. Floor-to-ceiling tiled bathrooms, and I love that all of the hotels in the group have these curated mini bars that feature Nespresso, Bluetooth speakers, local wines, artisanal provisions. They got it all dialed in. I'd say get one of the rooms with the wet bars and like the old retro fridges in there. Place is so great. And I just love places that are pet friendly. Check out farmhousepaso.com. Get the lowdown. Make sure you let them know that you heard it on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. An absolute great stay. Again, check out farmhousepaso.com. And make sure you also check out travelpaso.com before your next trip. We broke down the website during the last episode. There is so much going on at travelpaso.com. There is no way you can't get a whole itinerary for your stay here just by visiting one website. Check out travelpaso.com and thank them for supporting us here with the Travel Paso Spotlight. Man, wow, coming up next episode, I'm so excited. We're going to talk once again to Anthony Yunt. Haven't talked to him since the acquisition of Denner. There's a lot going on with his wine, Canero, Royal Nunsuch Farm. He was also making wine this harvest in two different cellars. We'll talk about that. And Andrew Nelson, I believe it's his first time on the podcast. A dear friend, War Room Cellars is his company. Owns names like Bonnie Dune, Lapis Luna, and more. And he, like Wes Hagen, is just so interesting to engage with and talk to. I could talk with him for hours. So Andrew Nelson and Anthony Yunt in one episode. I cannot wait. It is our next episode of Where Wine Takes You. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer Krista Smith. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music on the pod, Good Company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. Stream them wherever you get your music and learn more, moonshinercollective.com. Equipment transport and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine. For any and all things Paso Wine related, check out PasoWine.com and get the free app. It is in your smartphone at your fingertips right now. Just search for it in your app store. Search for Paso Wine. No in-app purchases. It's a completely free and a brilliant resource connecting you to everything Paso Wine. Don't forget, Cab Franc Day this weekend in Paso Sunday. Don't miss it. For more, go to CabFrancDay-PasoRobles.com. Thank you so much for connecting with us here once again. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. So lift that glass up. Let's put some Paso Cab Franc in it. And cheers to not just Cab Franc, but any maybe lesser known varietal to you. One you want to get to know more, get to understand, and help pave that road to where wine takes you. Give me that bone sound, get by, we pass all round to the job. It's camped out in a cheesy, we'll simplify the company. Give me that bone sound, get by, we pass all round to the job. It's camped out in a cheesy, we'll simplify the company.